Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Friday. A non-football Friday <laughs> for the first time since Labor Day weekend. Uh, thanks for being with us here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 uh, FM as we talk sports with you and back to local programming for the next couple of hours. Even though there is no football, there is a hell of a football big game feel to this basketball game in Champaign, Illinois tonight. Boy, this has got a chance. If it comes close to living up to the hype and the feels around this one, we will will be in for a treat. BMW Des Moines guest looks like this. Speaking of the Big Ten, I guess kind of we were with Illinois and Iowa. Mike DeCourcy is going to be here. Of course, he writes for the Sporting News, and he's covered the sport for decades. You can also see him on the Big Ten Network, and you can hear him with us in about 20 minutes as Mike DeCourcy, a good guest on this very, very big Friday as far as Illinois and Iowa go. Uh, speaking of big games, well, it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Well, we've got the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is uh, graciously agreed to join us during the bye week. You know, he reached out to us. Oh, really? Yeah, not not vice versa. That's great. It really was great. Good for Mitch, and I appreciate him doing that. And we will talk to the voice of the Chiefs coming up at about 1045. He's sponsored in Central Iowa by Papa John's. Uh, the good folks over at uh, Papa John's. We will talk to Mitch at 1045. Then we'll get into Iowa State with Dave Sproul. He kicks off hour number two. Steve Prohm's press conference yesterday uh, sounded a lot like last week's press conference late in the week when he let it uh, be known that they're going to be shorthanded. And um, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, they may get one of the starters back, but that's a may, no guarantees. But uh, the bottom line is they're going to be shorthanded Again, when they head to the SEC country, Starkville for Mississippi State tomorrow, 5 o'clock. ESPN2 has the broadcast, but if you can't be in front of a TV, you can turn your radio to 100.3, the bus, the home of Cyclone Athletics here in Iowa State, or if you're in Story County, 1430 on the AM dial. Uh, So we'll talk to Dave Sproul at 11.05, and then Tom Kicker, about 11.20, 11.25-ish. More on Illinois and Iowa. We'll give four of our listeners, four listeners who have not participated in Claxons in the last four weeks as the rules have changed. Not only you can only win once a month, but you can only play once a month. And we'll give four of our listeners that opportunity about 1145. No picks, so we'll take you to the hour after that. Do you have an assignment tonight? Are you going to be in a high school gym missing Iowa and Illinois? I will be. I'll be up in your stomping grounds as oh, it'll be right. Ankeny versus yeah, yeah. Centennial this evening. So a double de- uh, double header up there. Girls game starts at 6.15 and we'll take the air here at 6 o'clock with the pregame show. Excited to see the Jaguars for the first time and well, I was supposed to see the Hawks Tuesday against Dowling. Oh, Snow got him. Got moved to uh-huh. yesterday, so I saw him last night, and it'll be back-to-backers so for me. did you do the game last night? On CISN. Oh, yep. gotcha. Yep, did the uh, video broadcast of that with my man John Lamb and had a good time seeing uh, a doubleheader split Dowling Girls took the first game, the mm-hmm. Ankeny Boys the second one, and uh, the Hawks, reigning champions, they got this freshman. Johnson is his last name. His brother, very accomplished golfer, one of the top golfers, if not the top golfer in the state, going to Iowa State. 
He's a 5'8 guard, just a little guy out there. <laughs> Quick. He can score. He is so much fun to watch. And Ankeny, probably not going to repeat a state champions. The pipeline is building for Isn't Coach Carlson something? there. Good yeah. for them. Good mm-hmm. for them. So uh, we will uh, talk. Well, we'll hear you tonight with that one. Uh, we've got a busy program here today. Uh, lots of uh, different areas we can talk. I just watched the hype video of the Illinois basketball. Isn't that iPod. so good? Yeah, it really is. I couldn't get the sound to work on my iPad. I think my iPad's its career its coming to an end. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it gives you these little hints every now and then. Uh-huh. The battery doesn't stay charged worth a damn. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so it's coming to an end. But uh, even without the sound, you could tell, boy, there was there's some history there with these two schools i wish i you know i wish eh, i shouldn't say that i enjoyed where i grew up but i missed mm-hmm. out a lot in these 80s and 90s early 90s and then my time i spent in denver um but these two teams they've got a history right they do basketball wise in particular and we'll get they'll get it on tonight and we'll be better off for watching it and fs1 has the broadcast television of course it's down the hall on 1040 who so if you've missed the hype video and you're a hawkeye fan i'm, I'm gonna guess we don't have a whole lot of align i no, my guess is probably listening right. there are a few and i run across them from time to time my buddy uh cody allison he's a line grad and an line fan and so there's a few of them out there but they're few and far between one thing, though, well, first of all, the hype video. Even if you're a Hawkeye fan, I think you'll enjoy it yeah, because a, you'll have those memories. Right. Now, there's some bad memories. Andy Kaufman hit the 30-footer to beat Wade Looking Bill and the Hawkeyes. That memory kind of <laughs> sucks, but it's also 25, 30 years ago. So right. You should be getting over that one. Should be. That game's still frustrating. Andy Kaufman, very punchable face. That aside, though, but the narrator of the video is Deion Thomas. Uh-huh. So I want to get your perspective by the time that you started to do Sports Talk Radio here 26 years ago? 25 in June. 96. 96. Yep. So we're pretty well past. Deion Thomas yeah, had graduated. Gone. Yeah. So you were past that. And I know it's different the Quad Cities than it is here. Was Iowa, Illinois even talked about as a rivalry by that point? Well, you know, Trans, it was so long ago. Uh, you know, I really don't remember. Yeah. I don't recall. Dr. Tom was still around. Yeah, but he was. Of course, Bruce Pearl was gone at that mm-hmm. point, too. It just it dissipated so quickly. The build up and what it felt like it was going to be, and what this rivalry in the mid eighties into the early nineties felt like this was going to be the rivalry of the Big Ten. Certainly, this side of the Big Ten, at the very least, this was going to be the basketball rivalry. Illinois took their step back. Iowa took their step back, and it never got to that level. But now you compound it with those two excellent games we saw a year ago. Mm. But I think what takes it to another level is the face to face, Connor. Just eye to eye. You know, there's a picture in today's register of of that game a year ago and not backing down and Frederick telling the guys to get off his blanking floor. Connor McCaffrey has not flinched since he took the floor for the very first time. It's like that Kobe video I saw a lot the other day of him playing against the Spurs and they throw it at his face as he's guarding the inbounder and he doesn't flinch. That's Connor. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't. That's who he is. This game, this hype, the buildup for it, it feels as big of a regular season January oh, basketball game that I can remember. Yep, me too. Me too. It has that kind of hype behind it. And not just on the local level or the regional level, it's the national level. Listening to the Rob Dosters of the world, him and Goodman, on their podcast network talking about Everybody's this game. Everybody's talking about this game. Now, it helps that it's on a Friday night and there is nothing. Nothing else, yeah. right. I mean, it there's does. a lot of games, but nothing of this magnitude. And you look across the weekend and there isn't another college game, I, I think, that has that kind of buzz. Yeah, I don't think so. The SEC Big 12 Challenge no, doesn't have SEC that game. the SEC stinks. Yeah. Who does Alabama play? That might be the only one. Do you know? I don't remember offhand. LSU, I think, plays Texas. We get Kentucky. 
They play no, that's Kentucky, Texas. That's what it is. But it just doesn't have that same kind of buzz. Baylor, who's undefeated, oh, maybe they get somebody good. They get Auburn. Don't yeah. keep an eye on that Auburn team. They got a freshman that just got eligible. Speaking of Bruce Pearl, okay, <laughs> bending rules, and uh, just got eligible. He's really, really like lottery pick good, and they have played a lot better there. I don't think it's going to be good enough to even keep it real close. But that comes out as a big number this afternoon. Maybe jump on Auburn if you Yeah, get. you know, another number I think a lot of people will be watching. Uh, Kansas, Tennessee, a couple of uh, teams ranked in the teens. That's mm-hmm. not awful. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, will be waiting for the Iowa State-Mississippi State line to come out because it was it was wrong, the, the clones uh, line earlier this week mm-hmm. with all the defections. Florida, West Virginia, Texas Tech has LSU. Um Points. I love West Virginia, whatever that number comes out Oklahoma, as. Alabama. You know what? That's not bad. That's that, pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. And that's the early game. That's 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. So in nice. that early time slot, yeah, that's where I'll be in the early time slot because the clones don't play to what, 5, five I think? O'clock. 5 yep. o'clock. On the deuce. Well, the deuce has got basketball wall to wall tomorrow. Uh, if you're into that thing, it'll start with Duke and Clemson. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. You know, uh, DeCourcy, I was reading some of his stuff from yesterday, put out his his midseason teams. Mm-hmm. You know what struck me when there isn't a Blue Devil, no Tar Heel, yeah. no uh, no Spartan. It's great. I mean, and speaking of Spartans, good God, did you see that last night? Not much of it. I uh, it, hardly you know saw any. You're better off half. that you didn't. Like well, I saw how it ended up, Trent. It was you couldn't watch it. It was awful. It was Michigan State scored. What was did they score thirty seven or thirty seven? Yeah, they got beat by thirty by Rutgers. Rutgers outscored Michigan State forty one to seventeen in the second half of the basketball game. You know, I kept foolishly. I think foolishly. If last night's an indicator, boy, you know what it is though. Yeah, calendar turns to February. You know when his teams get better. Don't count them out. These guys, you're going to sneak up. Not saying he's going to go to the Final Four, but they're going to pick off some teams. Trent, this team does not have a clue. And Izzo, for the first time, uh, he doesn't have an answer. And this, not a button to push. There's no button to push. None. Zip. I feel like we've been in a spot similar to this, though, too, at this point, a few times, where they just look bad. And it looks like there is no hope. And do they turn into a great team? No. But... Good enough to get in the tournament. Good enough to maybe win a game and maybe win two and get to a Sweet 16. They can't shoot. No. Last night aside, going into the game, I think I saw they were something like 29% from three. That's the thing about Michigan State. They always got guys, yes, they're physical, and they're going to D you up, and they're going to clutch and grab and cheat, and that's what Michigan State does on the basketball floor. But And Izzo's going to complain. Nonstop. (laughs) Jeff, hang in there. We'll get to you momentarily. That little gremlin over there just fighting for his guys. But... (laughs) They also had guys that hit shots, and I think that was that's missed too much. They're shooting twenty nine percent from three. Brutal. Can't win games. Brutal. And look, Rutgers is average. Yeah, and they beat them by thirty. I get that they've been coming off the COVID layoff, dot dot dot. But still, there's been a lot of teams coming off COVID layoffs and perform pretty well. Right. Uh, Jeff wants to chime in. Jeff, uh, thanks for being patient. How are you? Good. Hey, Trent. I got to give you a couple quick shout outs. Uh, love some fighters. Love Dave Grohl. I love when you throw some music in there to, to get the show going. Yeah. Uh, uh, second thing, uh, the Kobe Bryant, that was Matt Barnes, uh, just popped up. To okay. Me and, uh, you guys brought it up. Just a journeyman in the NBA. A mm-hmm. um, couple quick things. Cubs, if I was 
living in Chicago, or if I'm a Cub fan anywhere around the United States, you let go I know. of Sorber. Ridiculous. Yeah, you let go of Sorber. You could have got him for seven, eight million. He he wanted to stay as a Cub. About the same price I, for I the can, same player. For the same price. I yep. cannot state this enough. John Lester wanted to mm-hmm. stay in Chicago mm-hmm. for three million dollars. You say that you don't want to spend money. You let him walk. The guy won a game five for you in the World Series. Who knows where the Cubs would be if you didn't sign John Lester? Those two wanted to be in Chicago. So they walk. You get Jock Peterson? <laughs> Jock Peterson. The Dodgers didn't want Jock Peterson. <laughs> so we're going to sign him for $8 million, possibly up to $10 million with incentives? What the hell are they doing? I'm with oh. you for one year. And you know what they're on the market for? Huh? Starters. Low-priced starters. Kind of like John Lester? Right. <laughs> who eats up innings? Who right. wants to be there? Who bought beers for the whole city of Chicago? Absolutely. Three million? Who was looked oh. upon as a leader in the clubhouse, and you right. let him walk, and now you're searching for low price starters? Low oh. price starters are five, six million dollars. Mm-hmm. They're not $750,000. They're the same price that Washington gave John Lester, who wanted to be with the Cubs. You know, Jeff, there's an art, I think it was Gordon Whitmire who covered the Cubs forever at the Tribune, yeah. and, and he was amongst the you know many people that have lost their gigs. He's now at NBC Sports SN, where Cappy is, but he's writing for them. He, he wrote a piece yesterday, and it's a damning piece. It, it's time for the Ricketts to sell the baseball team. If you can't uh-huh. afford $5 million for a guy like John Lester, who's the biggest, as, and everybody says this, that uh, covers the Cubs, the best free agent signing is in the history of that organization. Jeff, appreciate the call. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, and you let him walk. Ridiculous. Jeff's 100% right. Mm-hmm. 100% right. Both of them. Jock Peterson, Kyle Schwarber, the same guy. They are. They're the same player. Statistically, I looked at their numbers. Yeah, Schwarber might be a tad better. It was their batting average. I think it was over the last three, maybe last five years. Exactly the same. Their slugging percentage, exactly the same. Their on-base percentage was off by a couple of points. You're right. They're the same mm-hmm. guy. Except one of those guys... Won a World Series with right. you. One of those guys and is something... came back when he was supposed to be out for the year. What was it, like game four in Arizona yes. that he uh, blew his knee out? With the knee injury, he comes out. Mm-hmm. He does that. He's And beloved. had a big hit in game seven. He a did. big hit in game seven. A beloved not figure. A, not, a, not a bomb, but a, 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 uh, was it a single or a double? Anyways, big hit in game seven for sure. Instead, you. Go for Jack Peterson. Trent, you're 100% right. I mean, two of these guys from the 16 World Series play huge. Look, Schwarber didn't have the best year because he missed the whole year. But John Lester and Kyle Schwarber, and now you're in the market for for low price starters for the back of that rotation. You had those guys. You had them. You had them. And they wanted to be with you. I understand. And your fan base wanted them to be with yes. you. Yes. Wanting to roll the dice in some of the names that are out there, guys that are either younger and have dealt with injuries, and, and maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle with one of those guys. I understand that. Jake Arrieta, a perfect example, a guy that didn't look like he was mm-hmm. going to be a great starter, and they found it, yep. and they turned him into one. And he's on the market, is he not? I don't think he. I think he's available. But you can roll the dice with those guys, and also still sign John Lester uh-huh. and go out there because you got to fill out this rotation. Right, Colin Ray, he's going to Japan. No, he's already there. Right, he just. I, I don't understand it, and so Theo and Jed connected at the hip. Yeah. And he and Theo got up before the posse. <laughs> I mean, is is Jed Hoyer in a spot where he can't win? You know, I asked I asked Cappy that 
either this week, I think this, well, I don't know, within the last couple of weeks, I asked him that question. You know, if the fan base is blaming him in any way for, for what is going on there. And he said no, that they, it, it's all, the, the arrows, and rightly so, were all pointed at the, uh, at the Ricketts. Now, the Cubs signed a pitcher yesterday who hasn't pitched like in two, since 2017 or 18. I don't remember him. So the top, there's the rotation. Kyle Hendricks, who's a great player. I love Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Love watching him pitch. Uh, the kid that they got in the trade, Zach Davies, who was with the Brewers and, and understands that division and was pretty good with them. We're not great. He's a three or a four. And then Alec Mills mm-hmm. and then Al Zale, and whoever the guy that they signed. Cole Stewart. Cole Stewart. He was a first-round pick for the Twins. Stinks. That's him. <laughs> I think he's maybe started two games in his career. That's it. Yeah, Is he's that a right? career minor leader for, for all intents and purposes. That's what you're filling up. Well, the that's good with. because I thought, wow, you remember. I don't remember. I don't think I've ever heard of him. Yeah, you're not missing much. He was a high schooler, high school pitcher that was drafted out of high school from Texas that just never panned out. Wow. Thought you were going to get the Roger and, Clemens. And they drafted him in the first round, the Twins yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. How many years ago? Seven, six, huh. seven. It's been a long time. So a cup of coffee in the majors, yeah. or yeah, Jesus. And he it wasn't with the. I mean, was he with the Twins for very long? No, no. How about this? How much spending has happened in the National League Central this year? Did you they see this from much. Bob? Bob Although you know who the the Cardinals are in on there, Arenado. Are they? Yeah, apparently so. That's from uh, uh, Derek Gould from the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and Bernie Miklas is chiming in. This was uh, from before the Peterson signing. Mm-hmm. The NL Central has spent a combined okay. $4.4 million. That's it? Well, here's the other component. Well, this, the, the Pirates reside there. You. you know what? The Pirates and the Cubs, you're saying that in the same breath this oh, no. offseason. Well, and I think that might be some of the frustration from Cubs fans, too. This division stinks. Unless, it's there for the taking. It is. Unless the Cardinals do go out and... It's get, like the NFC East. Yes. Somebody's going to represent them in the playoffs. You get to 85, you're winning that oh, division. Oh, easily. You might coast in the final week with yeah. 85. If you're <laughs> Set your to rotation. <laughs> 82 might get it. That, that's how bad this division is. Uh-huh. And I can understand that. Is the Cubs signing Lester and bringing back Schwarber and keeping around the pieces and then filling in? Were they going to win the World Series and beat the Dodgers? No. They weren't. No. Nobody in the Central, though, no. was. And you still got to go through 162. And if you want to flip on Marquee Network, right. owned by the Cubs. Right. And you, you want to do give that. Give me a reason to. Uh, it's the beginning of August. Boy, we got preseason NFL mm-hmm. football. Or am I going to watch the Cubs that are 28 games out of yeah. an awful division? Or, hey, they got a chance. Yeah. And you get in and you just never know. One of, the, one, one of the World Series for the Cardinals. What were they? 83 and 79 that year? Yeah, it rings a bell. They close. I think, you know, I think you're right on. But they want it. You uh-huh. get in, something yeah. crazy happens, you make the right move, the right injury happens on the other side, mm-hmm. get in. You're not giving yourself a chance to oh get in. Oh my gosh. It's just, it, it's, that, that's a crazy number that they've that spent. Unreal. Unbelievable. Ba- unbelievably bad. Um, look, and, and the other reason, look, Len Casper and, and JD were a good listen. Mm-hmm. That was a good summer listen. Now, the, the, the product on the field was pretty good in its own right. And I think Shambi and, and uh, Deshays will grow on people, but um, they got like you said, they've got a television network to attract eyeballs to. I'm not sure they're going in the right direction for this. Doesn't feel like. And it. Kimbrell's still there. And he's, yeah. he's he's a can of gas at the end. Dude, tear it down. If what? you're going to do it, just 
Don't pee on our head and tell us it's raining. Yeah. This is a teardown. This is going to be a complete rebuild. Chris Bryant's not coming back in any reiteration. No. So just do that. If it's scraps and that's all you can get because he's well, getting arbitration this year and he's not the guy that we saw two years ago, then do that. But you're not winning with this team. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, tear it down and build it back up. The Yankees did it. They're different. Right. But they did it and they traded away what we saw with Chapman in the back of the game mm-hmm. and what the returns were. Yeah. Those returns are out there. You mm-hmm. can find those kind of guys and find those kind of suitors. Do that and actually give yourself a chance in the next couple of years. But this, hoping for what's the best case scenario with this team? That well, 70 something. 78? Yeah. 78 and 84? Hang around. the division. Here, here's why they, they do catch a little lightning. If the division's as bad as we think it is. In September, they're still going to be within striking yeah. distance, right? They three, four games out, maybe. Kind of talking out of both sides of the yeah, mouth here. Yeah, they that, got a chance, yeah. perhaps. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, 10-22. How do we get off on baseball? I'm glad we did. We, we do baseball. that from time to time, don't we? Uh, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Long-time basketball journalist Mike DeCourcy wrote, right, still writes at the Sporting News uh, he's covered college basketball for decades. You can see him on the Big Ten Network, and you can hear him with us when we come back after this timeout. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And one of- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back, Millery Condon, 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Iowa, Illinois tonight. Of course, the game down the hall, 1040 WHO. Coverage at 7. Tip time is at 8. Mike DeCourcy's covered college basketball for decades. Grateful to have him here. You can read him at the Sporting News. You can see him on BTN, and he's with us right now. Mike, uh, Trent Condon, this is Ken Miller. Thank you for coming on, Mike DeCourcy. How are you? I am well, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well and looking forward to 8 o'clock and counting down the hours till Illinois and Iowa entertain us. Mike, uh, I don't know um, you, when the schedule comes out. You've got a lot of them to look at, a lot of teams. Uh, but Illinois-Iowa was the game that a lot of folks in this, that's where our eyeballs went first. Two just terrific games last year during the regular season. Unfortunately, we only get to see it once this year. Boy, I hope it comes close to living, anywhere close to living up to the hype. Yeah, I, it, it's obviously a very important game in the Big Ten. I think that that's where it begins, uh, an opportunity for both teams to to basically step forward and try to challenge uh, Michigan's hold on first place, especially for the Hawkeyes, obviously. Uh, Illini have taken an extra loss in there relative to the league, so the Hawkeyes, have, have, they want to stay keep pace with the – with the Wolverines, it, it, this is a very important game and it, it, an important game for the Hawkeyes as well to be able to continue to hang around right there, ready to catch whoever falls off the one line, whether it's Michigan, uh, Villanova. Doesn't seem like Baylor or Gonzaga are going to no. do that, but the, the Hawkeyes have been right there. Uh, so it, it's a it, it's a 
essential game for both teams. And I think maybe, you know, in a sense, I think Illinois has more at stake because they have allowed themselves to slip a few more times. But the Hawkeyes have things they want to get done, and Big Ten championship, number one seed, I don't think that it's going to be, it's going to be very difficult to get a one seed without this game, and it's going to be, you know, you're, you'd be two games behind the Wolverines in the Big Ten race if you dropped it. Love the talent of this Illinois team, but it feels like it hasn't all quite clicked together. DeSumo is going to get his. He's an elite offensive player and also plays on the other end, a good defender on top of it. I think Coburn's taken a step forward. Is it Miller? Is it the freshmen? Is it the young guys that just haven't quite mixed? Why isn't Illinois maybe playing at the heights that many people, myself included, thought coming into the season? Yeah, I think that it's just been a question of of trying to find the right group. Uh, you know, the, the trying to find the right fifth starter for one. Uh, Demonte Williams was doing that job for a while. Uh, they was they went with Grandison the last time out. They didn't play him a ton, uh, only fifteen minutes. Uh, so they're they're still trying to figure out what the best group for them is. I mean, we we know what Georgie Bashanishvili can do, and uh, the reality is he at, at this level he's probably a better five man, a better center than he is uh, a power forward, unless you had an, uh, 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 you were playing a, a circumstance where you had uh, a, a, a five man, a center who wanted to play away from the goal. Uh, Georgie can he can make a shot, but it's it's hard for him to defend players uh, outside the post to, to play pick and roll that sort of thing. So uh, they're really I think the the struggle has been to find the right group. They've got a lot of very good players, and Demonte Williams. Every team in the league would want him. Andre Corbello coming off the bench, a, a terrific dynamic passer. Georgie, like I said, I mean they've got a lot of very good players, but they're really struggling to find which ones to put in the right places. Uh, Mike DeCourcy from Big Ten Network and the Sporting News is our guest. Mike, I want to pick your brain on Michigan because I've been slow to get uh, to come around to them. Uh, watching Dickerson, obviously, he's going to have a really nice career, and Wagner is Wagner. And to me, when I watch him, it's Mike Smith that really, I don't know, maybe not makes this team go, might be a, a bit of an exaggeration. But, boy, he's got an important role on this team. He's the, he's the surprise to me on this basketball team, Mike Smith. Yeah, I didn't know much about him before he started to play for the Wolverines. It, I just, you know, one of those guys that playing the Ivy League on on a super not successful team. So uh, unless they make the tournament, you're you're probably not right. seeing a team a player in the Ivy League. So I didn't know what he had to offer. But the first time I saw him, you could see that their offense was better was 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 better flowing in his hands than it was in Eli Brooks and. I, to their credit, and to, and to Eli's, they have made an adjustment so that Eli is a very effective second guard. He, he'll take the ball at times, but the offense flows much better with Mike Smith at the controls, and and that gives them a, a, a what they somewhat what they had. I mean, when you think about it, they lost two seniors in Xavier Simpson uh, and then uh, John Teske, and you thought, and that's the two most important positions in a sense. And how are they going to survive that? And then you add this player, Mike Smith, and he's not the defender that Xavier was, but he certainly does the job. And offensively, uh, he's not quite as clever a finisher, but he's maybe a, even a better passer. And then it, at the center spot, as terrific as Teske was, Dickinson, the, the, up until the last three games, far better player. 
I mean, he struggled a little bit the last three. I'm not sure exactly why. It, it might just be, you know, maybe a little bit of freshman wall kind of uh, kind of thing, and he may get through that. Uh, but for those first 12, 13 games, he was a dominant player, and I expect that by the end of the year he'll be dominant again. Last night, Michigan State looked awful, and especially in the second half as Rutgers ran away, won that game by 30. We're seemingly always waiting for Izzo to push those right buttons and get his team playing their best basketball does he have the horses to do that this year? Is this going to be, for Tom Izzo, a bad basketball team? Well, you know, I still think there are good players on there, and we've seen good basketball from a lot of the players that they have. I'm, I'm somewhat surprised by the continued reliance on the, on the Hauser-Kithier combination to start games. And I don't think they work well together. I, I don't think they complement each other well. I, I, they're, they're, each one has... A, you know, great value as a player uh, in other circumstances, but I don't think they complement each other. And that was shown last night when they fell into a twelve nothing hole right from the jump. And I, I think they had. I-, I was surprised, honestly, when they came back from a twenty some day hiatus, whatever it was, uh, eighteen twenty whatever. And that was that was what they were going with. I I just didn't think that that worked well in the in the Purdue game especially down the stretch. They really struggled to defend uh, Travion Williams in that Purdue game, and they came out with those guys again at the start, and Miles Johnson dominated. I, I think they have to rethink that and, and see what else they have. And I've been an advocate of Marcus Bingham for a long time. I, I think the game changes when he's in there. He, he is a, he's an absolutely uh, dominant shot blocker. Every time he's around the goal, he's blocking somebody's shot. Uh, and I, I know he's not super strong, uh, but he, he he does impact games. And I, I think that the inability to get more use out of him has been a detriment to Michigan State. Hmm. Speaking of the game-changing, Mike, and Mike DeCourcy is our guest, um, Izzo's team, not like typical Izzo, Krzyzewski, Calipari, um, Bill Self, then they're still good and they're a top twenty-five team, but they're not at the top of the Big Twelve. Uh, who, uh, Roy Williams, um, they're they're not ranked. So some of the real blue bloods all struggling in two thousand and twenty-one, or not where we expect them to be. Is that good for the game? Oh, I, I think I, I'm a, I'm a believer that you take what you get in college basketball, and I mean I think this is the ultimate in that this season that. Uh, a lot of people will look at the will look at how many games are canceled tonight, and I look at my at my DVR, and I'm like, I can't fit all the games I want to watch <laughs> that are still being played. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it doesn't bother me that that they're not effective. These teams, uh, I, I, I try to analyze why they're not, or, and whether or not they're capable of more, and that sort of thing. And I think that there are, there are individual reasons for each of those teams struggling. And, and it sort of all falls under the umbrella of pandemic to an extent. It, I think the pandemic has impacted each of those teams in a different way. I would take Kansas out of that conversation, yeah, to be honest 15, with you. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think they're having a fine year, and they're in a very good league, and they happen to be in the league with one of the two best teams mm-hmm. in the country. And so I wouldn't necessarily loop uh, them in with those others, but all of the others have had some have been impacted to some degree by the pandemic. And I, I realize that everybody is, but the youth-oriented teams 
that, that they really uh, were the ones who paid the stiffest price. I mean, in in Kentucky's case, they played a much, much, much too difficult schedule for a team that wasn't going to have exhibitions, uh, that was almost completely new, that didn't have a traditional preseason. And in Duke's case, they had scheduled correctly, but they couldn't get any of the games on the floor. And I, I don't think their roster is ideal, but it, it's better than what it's shown. But they couldn't get on the floor with Gardner-Webb or this or this team or that team. Elon, I think they had one. All these games went down, and in most of those cases, it wasn't because of Duke. It was because of the opposition not being able to field a team. Uh, and so it's, it affected their development. And they, I, I don't think that they would be at the top of the charts if that hadn't been the case. But they wouldn't be our, where they are, which is off the charts. Uh, Drake, obviously a terrific story in our backyard here. So a two-parter on the Bulldogs and what Coach DeVries is doing is they come off the COVID and go to most State and pick them off back-to-back nights. And doing so without Leon Robbins, who's gone uh, walked over to Minnesota and is really making an impact. Him and Dickinson, uh, they went at it, uh, well, they've gone at it twice now. Dickinson won right. round one, and, and Robbins got back in, in, uh, in the uh, uh, rematch. So, uh, just your thoughts on Drake and then Liam Robbins and the impact he's having with the Gophers. You know, it's interesting. When you when you have a player like Liam and then you lose him, um, and so you say to yourself, well, what would we be with him? Well, I don't think you could be any better than you are. <laughs> right. I mean, you're perfect. Uh, so uh, there there is that. I mean, he's having a great year at Minnesota. And, and um, I've... I will give this away. I was asked by our producer for tomorrow's pregame show. Uh, uh, for we were asked different categories. We're going to go over and biggest surprise. And I, I had one for unpleasant. I'll keep that, that okay. secret. But my my pleasant surprise was Liam. I, I I would would not have expected to him to be able to go into the Big Ten and basically do the same thing. His his block numbers are almost identical. His scoring numbers are almost identical. And not necessarily just because of the competition, but because usually a player of his ability would be asked to do more at, at the, at the mid-level. And it, he's been able to deliver the same production in both cases. I, I think that's pretty remarkable. But also for Drake, to be able to lose a player of that ability and, and really to not miss a beat is extraordinarily impressive. And I, you know, it, I wish this were a traditional season uh, because I would, I would like to have an idea what to do with Drake in seeding. I really don't. It's hard to seed the Bulldogs because they played one high major team as Kansas State, and frankly, I'm flattering them by calling them high major. I mean, they're they're not. I mean, they are one of the poorer high major teams we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And then you know, then they, they you know they had to play in, uh, to get on the floor, and, and good for them. But they played a couple of non-division ones that they probably wouldn't play in a in an ordinary year. So it's it's not been the schedule that they would have ideally liked to play, but they have been terrific. And it, it as they get through the valley, is that you know when they start to you know get into the Loyola's Loyola games, and 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 Bradley can be tough to play. You know, the deeper they get into the valley, the more we'll know. And honestly, if they continue near this pace, I'm not saying they have to stay perfect, uh, but if they continue near this pace, I think that we'll get a better handle. I'm a big believer in dominance. I think dominance is the most underrated aspect of the seeding and selection process. 
if you dominate at any level of Division One, and you win every time out the way that Drake is right now, you're extraordinary. And you and you can play with anybody if you can do what Drake is doing now. Hopeful to see those Bulldogs in the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis and across Indiana with those opening rounds. So, Mike, what do you look at that? What's this going to look like? We know teams that are eliminated early or win their conference tournament at the smaller level. They're going to be asked to go to Indianapolis, quarantine, get ready for a week. For a team that, say, plays on Sunday in the Big Ten tournament, that championship game, that turnaround, the quick turnaround that it's going to be for a lot of these teams making their way in, is it realistic to anticipate the tournament, the NCAA tournament's going to come off without a major hitch? Well, we can be hopeful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that you know they're, they're trying to get everyone to be very careful, and they're trying to explain, remember that you have to have the seven days of, of, of negative tests starting, I believe, on the 3rd of March and continuing for seven days. Uh, I might not have the date. It might be the 6th of March. I think it's 6th. Uh, so they want you to have the seven consecutive clean days uh, of testing. And I think that's you know, they're, they're, they're trying to set teams up to understand certain things. I think it does add a layer of complication to the high major conference tournaments. Uh, and I, one of the things that I think is, uh, is there, there are a couple of factors. One is I think the, those high major conference tournaments have to maybe reimagine how they operate a little bit. And mm-hmm. we've already seen the Atlantic 10 go in the direction that I've advocated for a couple a week or so, and that is multiple courts. Rich, they're taking their tournament out of Brooklyn uh, and to Richmond, and in Richmond they will play on they will play on uh, two different floors, so that it's not you're not as as congregated in that circumstance. I think that's smart. And I think playing with the dates a little bit, if you can, is also something that you might want to consider. I have significant concerns about the possibility. There have been teams that have discussed the possibility of opting out of conference tournaments. I have real concerns about that because I think it, I think it plays with the integrity of the championship. If you have a – and I'm not going to name any names because I'm not saying anybody in particular is going to do it, but there has been discussion and, and conversation about this, some public, some not. Uh, if, if you have a specific team that is dominating a league and to the, to the extent that where they're certain to get into the tournament, the NCAAs, without an automatic bid, that they might withdraw from the tournament, you, I mean, leagues could theoretically start to say, hey, you know, if we see these two teams down, they're getting in anyway. We can get a third bid. Or we, we have one team we know is getting in. If we get them out, and you know, then we can then we can lock up one for somebody else that's only on the fence. But, and it, it has a financial incentive. And so I, I real have real concerns about that. I, I do think that the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee uh, needs to speak with the conferences and, and get some confirmation that, Everyone that, that's eligible for these events is going to be involved. And if it takes rearranging the schedule of the tournament to make those teams more comfortable with the concept of them, that's, that's, that's fine. But I don't think that, te- that these conference tournaments should be awarding automatic bids unless they have full participation. Good stuff, Mike DeCourcy. Big Ten Network has Penn State, Wisconsin, uh, early uh, mid afternoon. The, the night game, of course, is the uh, Minnesota Purdue game, and then Sunday night, six thirty Northwestern, and I can't remember who they play. Rutgers, Rutgers, and Northwestern. Mike, thank you for doing this for us. I uh, really appreciate uh, your knowledge and uh, and your sharing it with us. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Mike DeCourcy from the Big Ten Network. We'll take get a timeout. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, is next. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and 0 Condon, welcome back. Final segment of the first hour. Thank you to Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. Good college basketball conversation. Well, back go the Kansas City Chiefs to defend their crown. He is the play-by-play voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, during the bye week. We're grateful for you finding some time for us, Mitch Holtis. How you been? Well, it's uh, crazy. Not as crazy as if we were scrambling to get there, leaving, what, tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, we won't be going down to later in the week, but still crazy nonetheless. But nice, smooth, bump back music. Well done there by the Canadians. Just bringing it smooth. Indeed. The week indeed. before the big game. Uh, yeah. So uh, offensive line-wise, let, let's start there. Um, uh, Schwartz, uh-huh. there's some speculation he's he's maybe back for this game. Um, obviously, we know Fisher's not going to be able to answer the bell. But is that the concern, um, you know, a, a week and a couple of days away from this game, the O-line and the patchwork that seemingly will have to be in place? I think it's accurate. I think it's probably the first paragraph of the story, uh, whether it's nationally, internationally surrounding this game or locally or regionally. You lose Fisher. I mean, you can't deny it. I figured this out 50. Let's see. There's 45 and 9 is 54. Last 54 games. If my math is right, the Chiefs are 39 and 6 with him and 4 and 5 without him. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking in the offseason. It's really a bigger uh, offseason discussion of this game only because. I trust Andy Reid to figure it out. You just have to play 70 plays, 60 game minutes, and 10 possessions. That's the way you have to look at this instead of looking at the mountain going, how are we going to climb the mountain without our Pro Bowl left tackle? Mike Remmers has been a godsend. Mm -hmm. He had to play right when uh, Schwartz went down. Then he had to play left. And the other piece of this puzzle is Wiley. Andrew Wiley has been the right guard moving to right tackle. This is kind of the way they had to play New Orleans, Ken, late in the season because Fisher played that game hurt. For all intents and purposes, he probably should have been inactive that day, but he gutted it out, and Wiley had to play right tackle because Remmers was hurt. Mm. He had a back issue. So you've just got to think here against this great Tampa Bay defensive front seven rushing the passer. We saw what they did to Rodgers, is that you've got to just think 70 snaps, 10 possessions, 60 game minutes, and I trust Andy Reid to work the protections. Another storyline of this week is Eric Bieniemy. Another year does not get a coaching job, and boy, listening to Andy Reid, you could just you could feel the disappointment coming from Coach Reid on top of it. Yeah, I think it goes beyond disappointment. It's almost anger, yeah. not with coach necessarily, but from me. I don't get this league. <laughs> I've got three theories here. One, these agents get to owners and put their guy in front of them, and I don't know who UB's agent is. But the second one, and maybe more pronounced, is you get a setting GM, Trent. They, they're, they've got to be secure enough in who they are to hire the guy, basically what the Chiefs did with Andy Reid. You've got to bring in the dynamo coach and realize, hey, he's going he's gonna to dictate most of the stuff here. It can't be the old school the way we were my first 19, no, actually 23 years, or 20-some, 19 years of being the voice where it was the GM and the GM you know, picks the coach and the coach goes, hey, who are we going to take in the draft? It's the whole draft day scenario with Kevin Costner. That's not working in the league. It's not. And when you read the accounts of what's going on in Houston, you're going, what, what are they doing there? I know these guys getting these jobs. I know David Culley very well. He is a great dude, great dude. I know Nick Sariani. He was with us. 
he's going to coach the Eagles. And it seems like Harry Roseman wants to keep Carson Wentz, does it not? And then he's going to get a guy that was not going to fight him on Wentz. EB is going to go, here's what it takes to win. Here's what we're going to do to win. And that may step on your big toe here, but we're going to do this to win. And that may be part of this as well. Certainly something uh, something is up. Uh, Mitch Holtis is our guest. Of course, uh, he's sponsored by our friends Papa John's. Uh, all over Central Eye, we'll tell you about the Donaldsons here uh, coming up in the next couple of minutes. More, more, the more I watch this team, and Tyreek Hill is, uh, is an incredible weapon, I'm more convinced that Travis Kelsey's the difference maker offensively. Uh, I think he's separated himself now. There's a lot of great tight ends in this league. I'm assuming Chief fans would want no one more than their guy. Uh, Kelsey... I don't know if it makes this offense go because 15 has a big role in it, but Kelsey's role is so significant to what they do. You're very, very astute here because he's doing what no other human in this league has ever done. All right, now let's back up the pizza delivery car here just a second. Be careful. Backing up, but back it up and stop for a second and breathe. Travis Kelsey against the Buffalo Bills was single covered much of the day by Tredavious White. The week before, he was single-covered much of the day by Ward. Now, these are two, in the case of Tredavious White, what are you, where are you going to put him? Top what corner in the league? Well, he's, he's, in the, he's an all-pro, pro bowler, that type of player. Top five. Yeah. I'll put him top five. Okay. I can win that argument. And Ward's going to be in the top ten. They play, Kelsey destroyed them one-on-one with every move um, that DeAndre Hopkins would run. It was crazy to watch it on tape. It's like they're putting Tredavious White on him and trying to double or shade to Tyreek. That was their answer. And Kelsey ate him alive. It was a bad day for Tredavious White. Good player. He'll be back. I'm not dissing Tredavious White. What I'm saying is we're seeing Kelsey do. He's actually two, two people in one. And as I said during the play-by-play, he's a decathlete playing in the National Football League. He could win the 400, the shot put, and place in the sprints. That's what you have in him. And there's been no other like him playing his position in the league. No other tight end has beaten top cover corners time and time again like Travis Kelsey. Uh, let's talk about our friends at Papa John's. We want to save you time to do that. Uh, they've got some great specials going on. Next week they're going to be busy. Uh, we'll be busy this week as well with the product that they put out there. The Donaldsons and Papa John's, Mitch. Don't we need something? All we have to the Senior Bowl this week? Wow. I wish. Uh, we need something. Thank goodness for NFL Network. Um, but this, I don't, have you guys had this stuffed crust pizza yet? Looks incredible. You're not, it, oh, my gosh. It's the best ever, ever, ever. And, and it's just not even close. It's the stuff. They've got this stuffed crust one-topping special. Um, you can go to PapaJohns.com or you know, call one of the Central Iowa locations, maybe lunch, maybe dinner. I'm going to do it again tonight. It's going to become a Friday night tradition. You guys get me fired up. So, but it's only twelve ninety nine, I think, for one top. No, 12 bucks. Uh, uh, one topping of this pe- uh, Papa John stuffed crust. I don't know who did the R&D on it, but it is magnificent. It'll be the best pizza you have. And, of course, with the Donaldsons, it doesn't stop there. They're always working. JDRF, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, they're helping Iowans every day. So love them, uh, but I love that pizza they got. Man, that stuffed crust, give me some right now. Good stuff, Mitch Holtis. Will we get you next week? Yes, sir. Yes, Wonderful. Sir. Uh, we'll have to figure it out. Yep. I might be getting ready to get on a plane to go to Tampa, but we'll figure it out. I'll see you in my email inbox. Thank you, Mitch. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Good Thanks, to talk man. to you. Uh, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's good. He's traveling for the first time to radio yes. crew this year. Good for them. The Senior Bowl is Saturday.
There's something. Snuck up on me. 1.30. Just checked. Hour 2 next. Dave Sproul and Tom Kaker. And Claxons. 1460 and 106.3 FM.